Well, let's go in the Word this morning to the book of uh, to the book of Proverbs. I feel to go back to Proverbs chapter three. I haven't been able to shake this off all week, and I've got to go back there this morning. So, look at Proverbs chapter three, verse one. Let's just read a few verses, and then I'm going to crawl right into this. He said, "My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands." For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. So you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and the sight of man. Let me just go ahead and read the next couple. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I'm going to be speaking this morning. I I just stand amazed because I don't tell them what I'm preaching on. Uh, But I'm going to be preaching. I keep hearing this this morning on reset. I believe the whole world is in a reset. I believe there's people in this room that need a reset. You need a reset in your life. And I believe if you'll be obedient to the Lord, if you'll hear what God is saying, I believe God will reset your life. How many glad to know it doesn't matter how many times you blow it, God's got a way of turning everything around and giving you another opportunity. I'm glad I know that, that He's a God of many opportunities. Now, the word reset simply means this. It means to set again or differently. It means to adjust or fix in a new way. It means to reset priorities. Now, I know this is a simple illustration, but I've I, I got to use it. I've got one of the, it's not probably the newest, but I just got it just probably less than six months ago, was a new iPhone. It's supposed to have some of the best technology of ever in it. Uh, But there's periods of time uh, that I have to reset it because it's not functioning the way it ought to. I don't know why, but it's not. For example, all the numbers that I have in here, I don't really have them by numbers as I have them by name. For example, I've got Diane's name in here. I know her number's in here. And it's a hard thing for me if somebody said, what's your wife's number? I don't know. Well, I do know it. But, but it's easier to say I don't know because we don't remember numbers no more, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. So I get these numbers that pop up on my phone. I'm thinking, who in the cat hair is that? I, I know it must be a robocall or something. And, and then it keeps popping up, and I'm sending a text in it. I, I'm going to text Pastor Val, and I'm going to ask, hey, how are you doing? And instead of getting Pastor Val, I get a number. And that lets me know, uh-oh, something has happened, and i got to reset my phone. So all I basically do is I shut it down for about 20 seconds. Don't have to be shut down long, but I shut it down for a moment. And then I restart it, and I noticed something amazing. Those numbers go away, and Diane pops back up, and Pastor Val pops up, and whoever else's name I've got in here. 
It popped. I don't know why it got messed up. I don't know if it's because Maverick knows more than I do and he's playing through it, going through it. Them little fingers just grow through everything. I don't, I don't know why. Now, I told you a while ago, we've got a little issue with the mic here. It's not a sound man problem necessarily, although he's greatly involved in it. Because the last couple services, am I, am I there now? No, still use this, right? So evidently, we still got a problem that's beyond him at the moment. Now, part of the problem I come to find out, didn't know this to a few moments ago, that is way beyond us. The government has taken certain frequencies. So some of our, uh, some of our technology, some of our packs, like this little guy right here, sits at a certain frequency in order to use it that I can bring sound to you and nothing can interfere with it. So evidently, the government decided they wanted my mic pack. They had the frequency. So now that means I've, we've got to find another frequency. And we're now think about that for a moment. I had nothing to do with that. Matt had nothing to do with that or whoever's back there. But that is beyond where we are. So there's a lot of things that are happening in our land that is requiring a reset. Here's something for all of us to think about. Many of us are believing that our country, most of us will declare something like this, our country needs a reset. And we think Washington, D.C. needs a reset. How many would agree with me for all that? I think everybody in the room would. No matter what side of the aisle you're on. But here's the real deal. It doesn't matter who we put up there until we reset what's down here. Nothing really changes. So we're in this incredible moments of reset. I know there's things in my life that need a reset. Now, I'm going to be honest with you today, all right? I've, I've had a little bit of struggle in the last few weeks within me. Nobody, I don't talk this to anybody. It's just stuff comes up in me. I might talk it to Pastor Val as a pastor understanding. But here's the deal. COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of us, but some of it wasn't COVID's fault. It's too easy to put things on COVID when it had nothing to do with COVID. For example, it's just like this. I've done this a long time. We've been pastoring now for 40 years. We've got to preach in a lot of different places all over the world. And, and well, I shouldn't say all over the world, but a number of countries of the world. And we've got to be on different platforms, got to do conferences and stuff like that. Man, that's exciting when you're a guy like me, especially when your makeup wants to do that. But then all of a sudden, the calls aren't coming. Nobody wants you. Or it's what I feel. Come on, it's real. It's, it's a real, no, nobody's calling. Then I look at the headlines of when there are conferences, it's all the young cats. Man, I must be too old to do any of that anymore. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to get real with you for a few moments. Y'all can sit there if you want. But we all are moments of reset and don't even realize how these things affect our life. And it puts us in a battle and it can make us very vulnerable for the enemy to step in and have his way with our life. Instead of realizing, do you ever realize that maybe you're functioning exactly the way God wants you to at this very moment? Miss Marilyn, whether you like it or not, and I know you don't like it, but you're here, you're in a reset. 
Thank God for all the years with Brother Danny. Don't mean to bring a heartache to you, but it's real. She's in a reset. She's got to realize how to do life in a different way. That Danny's not going to be there. He's not going to open the car door. He's not going to pull the truck up. He's not going to wash it. She's got all of this responsibility now. Life is just reset for her. These guys on the front row are in a reset. May not like it, but it's where we are. Doctor said, hey, I don't want you to do anything for a bit, right? Boy, I know that's got to be hard on him. And it puts us in a place of incredible battle. And everybody in this room, it could come in numbers of, of different ways. But I believe we are in moments that God is resetting. And I love what we sing this morning. And if you notice, there was a theme throughout that. God, it's dealing with my heart. Notice this passage of scripture. Let me get on. I got into too much there and I shouldn't have. But look with me. He said first, he said, my son, do not forget my law. The principal word throughout the book of uh, throughout the book of Proverbs is wisdom, and it just simply means the ability to live life skillfully. So how can I live in this moment? If I'm in a moment that's different, if I'm in a moment of change, but listen to what he said. My son, do not forget my laws, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now I don't have an issue out here. I got an issue in here. And sometimes that's where my real issue is. I may want to put the issue on some of you, but it may not be at you, you at all, but it is provoking what is happening in here. He said, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto you. I believe this is covenant language. I don't believe it's a command because most of us, when we start thinking law, we start thinking do's and don'ts. But remember, God has made a covenant with his people. You and I are in a covenant with God. In Christ, that is so important. And I don't have time to go preach to you again on covenant. But we are in a covenant relationship. So here's the promise of the covenant. Listen to what he said. Length of days, long life, and peace will it bring. That's the covenant promise to you today. Length of days, long life, and peace. Isn't that what we're all after? So where does it come from? We just sang that little song, that little chorus, so powerful. God, forgive me when I've got my focus on everything but you. I believe that's what God is saying because if I'm not careful, I'm looking at everything else to bring the length of days and the long life and the peace to my heart except the Lord. But pastor, I'm doing God's stuff. Well, I might be doing God's stuff. But sometimes it's really more about me than it is about God. Oh, hello. So let's define a couple of things here. What is length of days? What does it mean? I touched this last week a little bit. I'll touch it again. When you talk about length of days, or let me back up because remember the key focus is the heart. So let's talk about what the heart is. The heart is the seat of your life. 
He's not talking about that little thing that beats on the inside of you. He's really talking about the inner person, that core of everything that you're about. It is the seed of your life. It's about your beliefs. It's about your values. It's about your affections. And out of your heart, the Bible said, flows the issues of life. So if your heart's messed up, your life's messed up. Hello? If your heart's not right, your actions aren't right. If your heart's messed up, then it's possible that your beliefs, that your your values, that your affections can be out of whack. And it affects everything about your person. So he said, my son, let your heart... He didn't say your mind. He didn't say your religion. He said, let your heart keep my commandments. Then he said, here it goes, length of days. Now, what is length of days talking about? It's talking about from the time the sun comes up, really, to the sun goes down, that time of which you are involved and engaged in daily activity, whether it be work, play, or whatever. This is what he's saying. In the length of days, he said, you're going to find purpose. You're going to find fulfillment. You're going to find effectiveness. And you're going to find accomplishment because I'm going to give it to you. Do you realize that when you and I are really in God, we can find a place of purpose in every situation of life we're in, whether we believe it or not? I may not understand it. It may not be as vibrant over there. And if you're like me, I like activity. See, I'm one of those guys. I can't be still. It's hard for me to sit down and just relax. It really is because I want to be doing something. My personality wants to kind of be in the center of things, not on the outskirts of things. So I find fulfillment if I'm busy and active. It's kind of like your love language. Every one of us in this room have a love language. Hello, what we really do and where we find fulfillment is is if that's coming to us or we're able to give that out. So in the length of days, God said, I've done, made a covenant with you that I'm going to keep you fulfilled. I'm going to keep you effective. I'm going to keep you accomplished. Here's the thing, whether you see it or not. Now I went out the other day, just going to use this little picture I went out to the National Day of Prayer, do it the way I did it. Didn't plan to do anything but read some verses or quote some verses and and just pray. And that's what I did. Now, you guys that were with me were out there. But then I go to the hospital last night to visit Mike, and the first words out of his mouth was, Pastor, I heard what happened at the courthouse the other day. It rang all the way to the hospital. I thought, what happened? See, I didn't go looking for anything. I wasn't expecting anybody to applaud. or I was would, I would just doing what we do and doing it to the fullest of what we can do. You never know the impact of where you go that God's got a way of keeping things fulfilled. Then he said, I'm going to give you long life. I don't believe there's a person in here, if you're really in the heart of God and got the heart of God, you're not going to check out prematurely. I know we got a lot of questions why, but you and I, I said this last week, if I were God, there'd be a lot of things on this planet not existing. And maybe some of you, just kidding, but that's true. If you were God, that'd be the same way. I don't understand spiders and snakes. They would be non-existent. He wouldn't even be in the Bible. 
God would have had to use a monkey to talk to Eve or whatever. But it wouldn't have been a snake. I don't understand this time of year. This time of year when I was in Kentucky. As a matter of fact, I saw one the other day. This time of year they show up. They're called mayflies. You guys that have been on the lake. You know those, those things got wings and they buzz all over the place. They're all over the bushes. They're everywhere. You're trying to fish and they're all here. And it just seems like they show up for a day and then they're gone. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, God. Why even create them if you're not going to give them a lifespan of more than a couple of hours? Now think about that for a moment. But somewhere in the bigger picture of creation, there's a purpose in the Mayflower, that it, or the, the, whatever he's called. What did I call him? Mayfly, thank you. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> there's a purpose for them, even though they're here for just a few moments. But you see, if we're not careful, the mayfly could get upset the rest of you. I'm not as valuable as you are. You guys are. I get a few, I get a few hours and you get a lifetime. But in, the, but in the psyche of the mayfly, he is living a lifetime. Because he's caught into the purpose of God. He's got something you and I don't have. He's got fully, I can say it like y'all don't think I'm going to be weird here. He doesn't have the soulish emotions that you and I have to deal with. That's another message and all that stuff and I don't know how to even get out of that. But he said long life. And then he said peace. What does the word peace mean? It means to be safe. It means to be well. It means to be happy. Now listen, that's what God desires for everyone in this room. Is that you are safe. I know we're living in a world that keeps us constantly in fear. Is it safe for our kids to go to school? Is it safe anymore for us to go to the mall after the shooting in the mall in Texas yesterday? But my Bible says that God intends for his people to live in a place of safety. That you are not worrying. Is there another pandemic going to come? Is Wall Street going to collapse? Am I going to lose everything? That is not the purpose of God for your life nor the will of God. But that you live in a place of safety. Where you live in a place of well-being. Where you live in a place of happiness. I believe that's what God wants for us. A friendly place. Not only that, but he wants us to be healthy. Listen, this isn't to bring condemnation. Me and pastor have these conversations all the time. It's not to put condemnation on you. We're in a battle of the enemy wanting to keep us from everything God's intended for us. But I believe God wants us healthy in here. I don't mean living on medication. I'm talking about being healthy. Whole, every part of your person. It also means prosperity. Well, you charismatic Pentecostals, all you want to talk about is prosperity. Well, I heard the psalmist say something like this. He said, had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord, I wouldn't have made it. I heard one preacher say it wasn't in the Bible, but it ought to be put in there. I've been rich and I've been poor and rich is a whole lot better. Come on, because it dictates what you can do. I know you're sitting there dreaming, boy, I wish I could go on a vacation. Well, why not? 
Most of the time, it's not because we don't have desire and dream to. Most of the time, we say, I just don't have enough to do it. But I believe that God would have us from time to time to be able to fulfill the desires of our heart. So listen to what he said. My son, forget not my law. Remember, this is covenant language. I'm in covenant with you, so keep your heart so that you don't lose sight of what I promised you. So in that, he goes on and he begins to talk. There's some issues here that he says you need to reset. You need to reset your trust. And we'll talk about all four of them. You need to reset your trust. You need to reset the fear of the Lord. You need to reset the honor. And you need to reset the the ability to be corrected. All four of them are needed in a moment of reset. If we were a Hebrew, this is how we would be taught. Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4, I believe it is somewhere like that. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. What was he talking? He wasn't making a doctrinal statement in a sense of arguing Godhead there. But you have to understand something. Israel had just come out of 400 years of bondage. And they've come out of 400 years of idolatry of every God that was upon the planet. We know there was at least 10 because the 10 plagues dealt with the gods of the land. So they had been brought up in that. That was in their psyche. It was in their DNA. And God brings them to Sinai makes a covenant with them. And this is what he says. Hear, O Israel... Hear my children, there's only one source of life and that's me. None of this other stuff, none of these other gods of anything they promise you, I'm it. And he said, you'll love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And he said, not only hear it, but he said, I want you to teach it. You teach it to your children. Teach it to your grandchildren. Come on. This is what he said. We all know what we've lost out on some teaching somewhere because we're letting the world teach our children how to have life. And God says, here, church, I'm going to shut you off for a moment, reset you, and I'm going to tell you again, it's I that have made a promise to give you life. See, in the original design, everything was God. You have to understand. God took us from the dust of the earth. You'd be nothing more than a dust ball had it not been for God. Blown away by the wind and everything that comes along. And the only reason you're not is because of the life of God that God breathed in man the moment he created him, stood him up on his feet. And God said, and God said, and God said, I got news for you. Please hear this. I touched this briefly at the end last week, but I want to touch it again today. In the original design, man came into existence by God and will stay in existence through God. That was original design. And in the original design, we were not made, please hear this, to have to live between what is right and what is wrong. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God said don't touch it because the moment you do, you'll die. There were two things that we were to live by, two things. 
The first one is this. We live by the voice of God. That's how Adam was to live. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Hello? Here's the second way. It's only two things that was given to man to live by. By the voice of God and by life and death. What do you mean? How do you know that? Remember what Eve said to the serpent? God said that if we eat it, we will die. So they're either you're going to live or you're going to die. That was how they were to taught, be taught. Now we spend time teaching right and wrong. Well, I got to teach you what's right. There's a problem with that. Because if your heart is not right, if your heart's not right, you can't teach right. Hello, and the only thing that will come out of you is wrong. Isaiah said the day will come. I believe it's Isaiah 5 and around the 20th verse. He said the day will come when they will call good evil and evil good. So now we got a generation trying to tell us different than the word of God that this is good. And so instead of me listening to the voice of God or maybe realizing, wait a minute, is this a life issue or is this a death issue? And honey, believe me, it could be either one no matter how simple it may be. It's just like the attic and some of you know what I'm talking about in this place. You thought you could control it. And now it's got control of you. You thought, what will, one, what will one puff or what will one peel or what will one whatever? And it doesn't have to be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be numbers of things. What will one moment of that hurt? And you realized it took your life and put you into a place of death. So he says, hear, O Israel. Hear my voice. Live after me. And he said, if you'll do this, he said, you need, to bind, you need to bind mercy and truth about your neck. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you'll find favor with God and man. And then he gives these four areas to trust. Let me hit them real quickly. i got to land this jet. Here they are. The first one is simply this. We need to reset our trust. As we sang that song this morning, Lord... Nothing else but you. Lord, forgive me when I've made everything about you. What if God never done another thing for us? Is he not enough? I'm preaching to Zach, not you necessarily. I'm preaching to me. Is he not enough? If nobody calls me, is it not enough for me just to say, God, I'm yours and and if you love my voice, if you, if you don't do anything but just love me being here with you, is that not enough? I think I'll get myself in trouble, but I think every husband and every wife in here has been in this place that probably we husbands have got ourselves in hot water with our wives because we made, we've made everything else but them. Not Come on, I'm being real for a moment. Why would God think anything less? 
There's been times I know I've been in the car with my wife and I know she's wanted my undivided attention. Undivided attention. That means she alone. But that phone rings. Hold on. Now I know y'all are wiser than I am. Y'all are much smarter than I am. But I grab because it has to be important. And I'll grab that thing and I'll answer it in the middle of her sentence. Y'all pray for me. I need deliverance. Come on. That's no joke. It's real. How many women say yes? This side, y'all liars over here. But it's there. What do we rely on? I, I believe the word trust means to rely on. Here's something the Lord quickened in my heart. Please hear me. I don't have any agenda. I'm just preaching what God put in my heart. I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he said, my people have become event-oriented instead of life-oriented. In other words, they're trusting me for one particular thing. Maybe one event in their life. I, I'm trusting God for a new car. Outside of that, it don't matter. Or I'm trusting God for revival. Outside, it don't matter. I'm trusting God uh, to do this in my life. And the rest of it don't matter. We become as a people, we're event-oriented. Instead of trusting God for life, it's a life issue. That's why it's so difficult that when I'm not doing what I like or what I want to do, it seems like God has left me and the whole issue, God, has gone nowhere. Recently, the Lord's been talking to me about rest. And I'm one of these guys, Dinah, tell you, I really don't, even though we take a day off, I don't take a day off. I'm, I'm with somebody or I come around the church. It's nobody's fault but Zach's. But I'm around here all the time. I really am or I met somebody or I'm through, you, you, you know, go somewhere. So here a couple of weeks ago, I didn't say anything to her till the, just last week. And I said, I, I just begin to feel like the Lord said, okay. I want you to take some time off. I'm not going anywhere, so don't anybody get upset. Don't think that way. I'm just making a point. But I felt like he told me to take like a, you know, a little bit of time, just rest. And then Brother Steve comes in. And did y'all hear the word of the Lord? What was it? Rest. Well, that's almost a dirty word. Close to cussing. But it's there. And he says, Rest. So the other day, I'm in my car. I'm listening to this guy. I don't ever hardly listen to a great pastor. His name is Rick Renner. How many's ever heard of Rick? Great pastor in Russia, I think, is where he's at. He's got a small church of several, several thousand people overseeing 800 churches. And the reason I even listened to his message because he had seven points of highly something. And I thought, man, that sounds pretty good. I don't listen to him. I haven't really heard him in a long time. So he starts out telling this story about God speaking to him about rest. And then he goes on this kind of outing with his wife for a week to this beautiful, beautiful location from Russia. They went to Greece and they're there for a week. And he said it was the most miserable week. He said, we're in a beautiful place and I'm here alone with my wife. And he said, we both were miserable. 
And they go through the week and their anniversary date comes up and they're sitting in the restaurant, miserable, having a steak. And then all of a sudden, she sees his son, a cameraman, and somebody else from their staff come in the door. What are y'all doing here? Then he says, well, since we were in the area, I'm going to be leaving when I, I'm sending you home and I'll be going to the next city over and I'm going to, be, I'm going to, I'm going to produce a program from there. And she says, oh, so this week really wasn't about me. Well, partially. So he's in trouble. <laughs> so, so then, so then here comes, here comes, they, they get back home and they realize, he realized we got something out of order. We need a reset. Because he said, this is all I know to do. This is all he knew to do. He said, I eat, breathe this stuff. And he said, our leaders from the states, their oversight slipped into Russia. He said, nobody even knew they were there. Not even his family that lived there with them. They slipped in and they began to minister to them. And Brother Renner said, okay, guys, I submit to you whatever you feel like we need to do. And the two guys said, this is what they said. You will take none less than six months off without doing any ministry whatsoever. Wow, he said that, yeah, like some of you looking at, yeah, wow, that'd be hard. That'd be tough. But then he made this statement that really caught my ear. He said, either you will do it God's way, or God, if he's speaking to you to do something, he'll do it to you in another way. But he'll get you in the place you need to be. That's what I said. Wow, that really perked my ear. Because I thought, God, I don't want to go that way. I don't care if it's a week, God, that's fine. I'm going on vacation. So I think the Lord showed me something. I'll brag for a moment. So I decided Friday I'm not going to do anything. I'll go fishing. I'm going to go fishing. I should have took Michael with me. <laughs> and I told Diane, I said, I won't be gone but a couple hours because I really didn't go expecting anything. I really didn't. I, I was trying to catch a, just, a, I was going to see if this pond had some crappie in it. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to see it was there. So, Larry, I go. I'm out at the pond. I got my, I tied my lures on, and here I go. And within a few moments, I caught 10 fish in less than, I mean, less than 30 minutes. I got 10 bass, and I threw them all back. And the guys had been on me about keeping fish. I thought, well, maybe I ought to keep something. This is pretty good, 10 in 30 minutes. So I had a five-gallon bucket. I started filling the bucket up. It was like every other cast, I was catching fish. And then if they weren't big as I wanted to keep them, I'd throw it back. 
So I filled that bucket up. And I got another bucket. True story. And I'm out here. And I was wanting that one particular fish. I really wasn't bass fishing. I was after. And then all of a sudden I catch this crappie. I'm getting ready to leave. Really. And I thought, well, maybe one more. And the next thing I know, I got a bucket load of crappie. And now I'm looking at them. I've only been out there a couple hours. And I'm thinking, I got to clean these guys. (laughs) But the whole time I said all of that to say, not tell you a fishing story. But I think maybe God could have been telling me something. I don't know. Maybe it was just Zach. Because that's a day you dream of. How many knows my fishermen in here? That's a day you dream of. But I believe the Lord was saying, when you honor me and trust me, I'll see that you're blessed. I really felt that in my heart. Now, I still didn't like cleaning the fish. I'd just rather go to Sandy's and buy them and eat them. Or eat some of yours, Tom, if you'll catch them. But I believe when we obey the Lord, I believe God is saying to us, he said, I want you to adjust your trust. Worship team, come back. I want you to get your trust adjusted that I become enough instead of being event-oriented, that everything is in an event. No, my life is about God. And if God has me in a moment right now of rest, there must be something I'm needing or maybe he's allowing something else to come in that if I'm in the way, it would not be able to come in. But God is working in our lives here's the second thing he said he said he said listen he said do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones that word fear the Lord doesn't mean here to be afraid it means to be in awe of God Church, it's sad to say, but many of us have lost our fear of the Lord. I'm talking about that all. I'm talking about, I, I, man, I can't wait. It's kind of like going to the ocean. If you've never, ever been there, you can dream about it. You can see it in books. But until you go to the ocean and you see it, it's just like, ah. Uh, uh. See, some of us have encountered God so much that we've got caught up into the encounter instead of the awe of who He is. God's not wanting us to be afraid of Him or He would have not said, I've made a way that you could come boldly to the throne of grace. But that awe, I believe there is a fear. Listen to what He said. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Why is he saying that? Because you have exalted yourself above the Lord. I know how to do life. I don't need him in my life anymore. That's why God and everything else is secondary in our world. Because even the church has lost our awe of God. It used to be all about him. Now it's all about our program. Now it's all about what we do. We shift in and out as easy as it happens everywhere. We run to the next show or something that's better. 
Listen, I'm not saying that there's times that that's bad or wrong. I'm not saying, but where is church? He said, don't be wise in your own eyes. But we need to get to that place where God, oh God, I look into you. You're far more than what I can imagine. He said, depart from evil. He said, fear the Lord and depart from evil. May I tell you, there is consequences for our actions. And notice what he said. It could make you sick and make you weak. Or he would have not said, depart from evil, fear the Lord, and it will be health to your body and strength to your bones. Here's the third area. We need to reset our honor. Our honor of the Lord. He deals with a whole book through the book of Malachi. I touched it earlier. Go read it again. It's really all about honor. He said, you're just throwing at me what you want. You're bringing to me lambs that have blemishes. You're offering sacrifices of whatever. Think about this for a moment. Because remember, we're reading out of a book that was written thousands of years ago, but relevant for the day that we're in. But think about in that day, they didn't have a dollar bill like you and I have. They didn't have a debit card or a credit card. They didn't have. So what did they have? Most of them, they lived by the labor of their hands, planting a garden or planting a field with corn or raising sheep or raising cows or whatever it was. And they would bring them as a worship unto the Lord. Isn't it interesting? The first story out of out of cre- the creation story is a story of worship in Genesis chapter 4. Cain and Abel. And Cain decides, I'm just going to give God, here it is, Lord. But Abel brought the first of his flock. We need our giving back his honor. And church, that's not my issue for you. That's your issue for you. It's not based upon what I do. It's based upon your heart. Or anybody else's, it's your heart. This is a heart issue that God says, give me back my... You know what you're saying when you bring even our resource, the first of of our possessions, the first of our flock, the first of our fruits in? So he said that our barns are filled with plenty and presses will burst with new wine. I believe he's saying it keeps our perspective right. That he's the source of everything. Not the almighty dollar. I don't care how much you got. What are you going to do today? I sat with somebody the other day. talking. We was talking buying gold and silver and stuff like that. What would we do today? If everything in that green piece of paper that we carry in our pocket is valueless. What are you going to do? Where are we going to turn? If that's where your trust is, there needs to be a reset. Now, I'm not saying God said don't have it. A while ago, I said, remember, I've been rich, I've been poor. But if your dependency is upon that to be fulfilled, then there needs to be a reset. A reset of our priority. A reset that God is everything. And I'm just a steward over everything that God's given me. Here's the last thing, and I gotta stop. My time is over. 
this is a hard thing for us. He said, my son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Insanity says, keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And keep looking for the same result. Sometimes you got to do something different. Sometimes you got to let somebody that may have some insight that you don't give you some insight and help you. Just because you have knowledge doesn't mean you are teachable because teachableness has to be applied. See, I can have, I, I worked with guys years ago. They knew more Bible than I knew. But they were some of the most ungodly men that I'd ever known. But they could quote to you the Bible. I, I believe we become experts in everything in this hour. Experts in the... But do you ever think that maybe, and, and I'm totally open, this is why we have to have relationship and I like men and women in my life that will talk and I look and I process. I, you know what? Maybe you are right. Maybe I'm not seeing that the way it ought to be. Maybe I need to let God once in a while touch me and say, hey, you know you're a little hard-headed. Or maybe you need an adjustment here. Remember, those He loves, He corrects. Those he loves, he corrects. So I believe there needs to be an area that, listen, friend, if your life is messed up and maybe you need a reset, man, it ain't going. Maybe you need to stop and say, God, I'm sorry, but whatever you want to correct in my life, do it, Lord. Get your pride out of the way and just surrender to Jesus. I want you to stand with me. I want the team to come back. Guys, if you don't mind, would y'all keep doing that song? I believe there's people in this place today that God wants to give you a reset. I don't know that everybody needs it. I'd about dare say if we would all just surrender ourselves somewhere to the Lord that maybe God would say, I, I want to touch this area. Because see, I, I'm, every man is right in his own eyes. I am. I am. Every man is right. What the Bible said, we all think we're right in our own eyes, but it don't really mean that we are.